inevitable. One must destroy in order to create. We are no Jedi. I started hearing whispers of Thrawn's return as heir to the Empire. What happens when we find Thrawn? Power. Such as you've never dreamed. I've spent most of my life fighting a war. That's why I'm trying to convince you to help me prevent another one. You and I both know who could help you with this. She's still just as stubborn as ever. I bet your master found you difficult at times. Anakin never got to finish my training. I walked away from him, just like I walked away from Sabine. You never made things easy for me. Master. As a Jedi, sometimes you have to make the decision no one else can. But I'm counting on you to see this through. Nice haircut. Sometimes we have to do what's right, regardless of our personal feelings. Buckle up. If we don't stop Thrawn, everything will be in vain. You have no power. Anakin spoke highly of you. I'm not here to discuss my past. We have a lot of work to do. Once a rebel, always a rebel. Welcome everyone from across the universe to the Wampa's Lair Podcast. Star Wars is for everyone, so pull up a chair, get comfortable, and join the conversation with your hosts, Carl LeClaire and Jason Hunt, here in the Wampa's Lair. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another exciting episode of the Wampas Lair podcast. This is episode number 519, Ahsoka Trailer. I'm, as always, one of your host, Jason Hunt, and with me, the Hu Yang to my chopper, we've got Carl LeClaire. A couple of droids. Uh, <laughs> at least one of us is instrumental to the history of the Jedi, Jason. And I'm just angry. Uh, <laughs> about everything. <laughs> <laughs> about everything everything oh oh jason this is so exciting we were you know we had a really fun episode planned for today we're going to look at our favorite starships across star wars and then this trailer dropped i didn't honestly know that this was coming out today i had no clue it just you know i saw it show up on social media and i was like oh i should watch this and i watched it i'm like holy by goodness this is a good trailer and then I just kept watching it on repeat like, I, like I've like i done with a lot of Star Wars things in my life. And uh, it's so good. It's, there's so much in here, Jason. So we decided to call an audible. We're going to talk about our favorite starships in another week. Uh, and yes. we are going to dive into this Ahsoka trailer, which uh, that show is just a little over a month away, which is super exciting. 
Yeah, yeah. It's about five or six weeks away, give or take. Uh, and, uh, well, I'll just say it. The trailer is doing its job of getting me interested in tra- and asking questions. So uh, <laughs> uh, the trailer has done its job. So, but yes, uh, we're, we'll get back to our starships uh, some other time. But uh, yeah, uh, the trailers don't usually drop uh, on a Tuesday, Carl. So I was surprised to see it today, but I'm not complaining. <laughs> yeah, I, I feel like they actually have dropped before on Tuesdays because I always remember it being pretty serendipitous since we record on Tuesdays that it's like, oh, great, there's something new. We can just talk about this. <laughs> That's fair. I don't remember. Um, but maybe I'm wrong. Know. Maybe I can't remember either, but I'm pretty sure it's it, – yeah. But all that to say, I had no idea this was coming today, um, and it was it was really good. Uh, so before we dive into kind of the nitty gritty of it, Jason, what was just kind of your overall reactions? I mean, you said, you know, got you excited. It, it, it did everything a teaser is meant to do, you know, pump you up, get you, get you looking forward to this upcoming series. What was just kind of some of your general thoughts that first time you watched it? Yeah, well, I, I, I'm enjoying it because it, it, it sets up kind of like who the bad guys are, who the good guys are, reintroduces some some fresh characters, not some fresh characters, some old characters. Um, and then it, it hits us with a couple of things that makes us ask questions. And I'm like, wait, what? So I, I'm not like, this isn't the most gung-ho I've been about a trailer, but it is one that's making me stop and like think about it and look into it and be like, well, what do they mean by that? So it's definitely getting me hooked and getting me interested. And there's some really great details, uh, you know, spliced into this trailer as well. But uh, it's it's definitely making me making me intrigued. Mm. And uh, and I think that's that's what I'm liking about it. it. It's not the most explosive trailer. It's not the most, uh, you know, bombastic or, or epic trailer, but it's a pretty cool one. And I'm definitely looking forward to August 23rd. Mm-hmm. Yeah, me too. Yeah, I, you know, I, like I said, I didn't know it was coming. I sat and watched it uh, on my on my computer at work, and I was like, "Whoa, that was really good." <laughs> um, and I think you know what just grabbed me about it was just this like there's such a tremendous sense of adventure to it. Uh, it just it felt like all my favorite aspects of Star Wars. You know, it's a story of light versus dark. Uh, it's a story of Jedi and potentially dark Jedi. We'll talk about that a little bit later with with Balin and Shin. Um, and uh, and and it's just like, wow, this is kind of season five of Rebels. <laughs> like, yes. Rebels yes. is one of my favorite Star Wars things ever made. Uh, I, I love that show so much, and I love that this is continuing that story. Um, so it was just like, wow, this, this looks really good. And I would say overall, everything translates pretty well to live action, except maybe Hera. <laughs> Still not a fan of her look. <laughs> um, but other than that, I think like everything just looks so good. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, I just, I was just excited. Like, that's really all I want from Star Wars, Jason, is I want it to be something that grabs, grabs my attention makes me feel imaginative and has me asking questions. You know, that's, that's really mm-hmm. all I want out of a Star Wars trailer. Um, and I think this one does that very, very well. Um, 
the one the one thing I do want to point out before before we kind of have a more in depth discussion about this teaser, or excuse me, this trailer. It's not a teaser. We already got a teaser. Um, yes, but it's you know there's there's a bit of a risk with this story leaning so heavily on rebels. So obviously, folks like mm-hmm. us, and I'm sure most of you listening if not all of you listening are probably also fans of rebels or probably have at least watched it thinking about the, you know, the new kind of more casual star Wars fan who, who was drawn in by Mandalorian, um, you know, gave book of Boba Fett a try gave Kenobi and, 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 or a, a go, you know, folks like that who have only really taken in those aspects of star Wars and have never seen it, the animated series stuff. I, I'm curious how this will affect their, their enjoyment of the show, if that makes sense. I was, I was texting with a friend earlier who's a very, like she, she very much likes star Wars. She's just never had the time to watch. She still hasn't finished clone wars and has never seen one episode of rebels. And it's not out of lack of interest. It's just more, her life is busy. She's a parent and like lots of things that are going on. And, uh, you know, I'm just thinking like, Oh, I wonder how much that'll impact things. Um, I'd like to think not too much, and, I, and I, I would also like to think that the folks behind the scenes are well aware of there's a lot of new Star Wars fans because of shows like Mandalorian um, right. who aren't going to be as well-versed. So I'd like to think that they're going to be able to develop these stories where you know if you've never seen Rebels, you won't feel lost. But I would say probably for folks who have seen Rebels, you're going to feel a deeper enrichment. You know, What do you think about that? I think they've they've uh, they've talked about that. I think they talked about that at celebration a little bit, if I recall correctly. Uh, that that's something that they they definitely were trying to keep in mind. Uh, and I, I think, in large measure, it will it will be okay. Um, you know, I hope that will, it all comes down to the execution. You know, uh, and. And I think it'll be fine. I, I think they'll be able to to find a balance and everything like that. But the show is also not only is it sort of relying uh, and leaning in some parts heavily on on rebels, but also the the lore, if you will, of Thrawn mm. and and heir to the Empire. You yeah. know, which. Uh, is kind of out there in the lexicon, whether you've read the books or not. Uh, you know, most people know about Thrawn and kind of his his shtick. So, uh, if you're if you're a Star Wars fan, so uh, it's it's sort of leaning kind of on both of these these things, and it'll be it'll be interesting to see how well they're able to to skate that that knife's edge uh, of taking from and continuing stories from these different projects while still being its own thing. Um, and, you know, the, the potential to succeed is great. I, I think there's, there's definitely a lot of potential and that it could definitely work, uh, but it, the execution has to be just perfect in many cases and we'll see what happens. Yeah. So that's just this kind of where, where I'm thinking about, obviously, you know, I've, I've read air to the empire. Uh, I've watched all of rebels, so I'll be fine. Uh, <laughs> but, but you know, it, it'll be interesting to see what people who haven't done any of that are able to, to take away from the show. 
Yeah. But I think there'll be enough in there uh, that they'll be able to have fun anyway. Right. Well, I mean, both Balin and Shin, you know, these these dark side users are brand new characters to all of us. Um, Mm -hmm. And Thrawn, you know, you know, I think regardless of whether or not you're familiar with his lore or not from the book series, I don't think it really matters. I mean, it's pretty case in point. Oh, it's an an Imperial warlord is back. Right. Like, I think that's enough set up for the casual Star Wars fan. Um, Right. And, you know, for for anybody who knows more about him or has read all those stories, uh, you know, I, 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 I feel like. For folks like that, it's just more of a, okay, well, make sure you stay honest and true to the character that we've gotten in the past from Timothy Zahn. Um, right. So, but yeah. Um, anyway, let's dive into this trailer, Jason. Um, I, I, you know, I think we've talked about this in the past with several of the new trailers we've gotten over the years for all the Star Wars projects. Narr- you know, um, trailers today really seem to have a narrative arc to them. Um, and yes. I think I think this trailer is very much fits that mold. Um, I don't think they give anything big away. You know, there was a period of time where people used to complain about trailers. They showed you everything, right? Um, I don't think Star Wars trailers have done that really ever. Like they've, they've done a really good job. I mean, even just thinking back to season three of Mandalorian, you know, all the trailers we got, the majority of the stuff we got was wrapped up by the third episode, right? Like there was, more yeah. than half the season you wasn't even glimpsed in the trailers and and I don't I don't want to speculate here with Ahsoka how much of this is from the early half or whatever but be that as it may it, it does create a narrative right there's the, mm-hmm. the, this this the story of the trailer begins with these these dark side users showing up on the scene right they're they're there mm-hmm. slaughtering um folks on this new republic transport and it could be um I'm I'm sp- I'm going to speculate that this rebel transport is probably transporting a particular prisoner that they're trying to break out. And um, uh, darn it, I'm going to forget her name. She's in season two of Mandalorian, the episode with Ahsoka. Oh, um, uh, uh, Mor- uh, Morgan Elsbeth. Mar- Morgan Els- Morgan? Morgan Elsbeth. Yep. Morgan Elsbeth. Yeah. So obviously we know she's captured at the end of that episode by Ahsoka. Um, yep. So... I- I have a sense that maybe they're trying to break her out um, because we see we see them all together later on in the trailer. Uh, right. Sh- they're looking for Thrawn, as they indicate later in the trailer. But, you know, it's I don't know, it's just like to me, it's so like so iconic of like starting a story with an impending threat. Like, you know, think of a new hope. Right. Vader shows up. He's this intimidating character. Um, one of my favorite things about the beginning of Avengers Infinity Wars, you know, we get to meet Thanos and Thanos is just this absolute <laughs> terror of a character, right? He just ripping right. through, uh, you know, Loki and, and, and Thor, you know, so setting up villains as these really powerful threats right from the get go seems like what that what this trailer is doing. Um, and we've already learned from uh, Dave Filoni himself and in interviews and, and whatnot, even interviews with the actors, um, that Balin and Shin are not Sith. And they're also not Jedi, as they declare, you know, as he declares in right. this trailer, um, you know, we're we're not we're not we're no Jedi. Um, and folks have indicated, right, the color of their lightsabers aren't red. They're more orange. Uh, which yeah. I think is really cool because, right, as as we now know with new canon lore that uh, now we know that Sith create their lightsabers by bleeding kyber crystals. That's what makes them turn red. So I wonder mm-hmm. if these, you know, if Shaylin, I'm going to keep 
I'm going to keep putting their names together. Keep. Balin and Shin. <laughs> yes. Uh, I wonder if perhaps, you know, they they attempted to bleed Kybers and didn't quite get there the whole way. Who knows? But I love that they're kind of this orangey color. But this trailer opens with them just kind of ripping into this this New Republic cruiser. Um, mm-hmm. And they're clearly a force to be reckoned with. Um, you know, I... I really, I wanted, I'm going to claim, I, I want to claim this, even though I don't know if this is what they'll do with the show, but I want to say that they're Dark Jedi. Dark Jedi were a huge, um, they were a huge part of the Legends canon. Um, yeah. You know, the Sith, the Sith were extinct after Vader and the Emperor were gone. Um, but then there were all these Dark Jedi that, you know, show up after they, you know, certain Jedi walk away from Luke's Academy and then they become, you know, they fall to the dark side and they're just called Dark Jedi. I would kind of love it if if Balin and Shin are Dark Jedi. Um, I don't know for sure, and I'm, I'm sure we'll get that later on. Um, right. Yeah, there is a difference between what a Dark Jedi is and a Sith. You know, Sith obviously follows the, the Sith, you know, or, you know, code or mandates or whatever it is. Uh, dark Jedi can just be a dark side force user. Mm-hmm. You know, in that case, it's sort of a catch-all uh, term in, in a sense. But... You know, so there's there's still a lot of wiggle room as to who or what these two could be. Um, they're obviously master and apprentice mm-hmm. of some sort, uh, and I'm very intrigued by them. Uh, Balin, uh, you know, is a grizzled old master, um, and and Shin is the the young, aggressive Padawan on the scene, uh, and. And it's, you know, they, that's a tried and true, you know, team up. And I think it it definitely looks like it's going to work with these two. Um, I, I don't have any quibbles about anything I've seen from these two <laughs> characters. I'm very excited for these two characters. <laughs> I'm really curious to see who they are, what they're all about, who they're working for. Um I think you're on to something with the idea that they're breaking out Morgan Elspeth, who is a character I quite enjoyed from mm. season two of the Mandalorian. I, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing what else she has to do uh, with this, the series and you know, getting towards Thrawn. Um, but yeah, they, these shots of these poor you know, new Republic officers and, you know, soldiers just getting torn up by, by the two of them is, uh, it's brutal. And, uh, but also really cool from just a fan perspective, like, Ooh, that's fun. So, (laughs) (laughs) yeah. Well, you, you know, as you indicated, uh, Shin clearly seems to be the apprentice to Balin. And something I noticed in this trailer specifically, she seems to have what looks like a Padawan braid. Um, yeah. I like I noticed that in one of the shots. I'm like, holy crap, that looks just like a Padawan braid. Um, which could make sense if they're Dark Jedi, right? They, there's there's a Dark Jedi in the Legends canon is essentially a Jedi who just uses the dark side, right? Um, right. And like you indicated, right, Sith, they, they follow a particular creed and, and, and path. You know, there's something specific about being a Sith, but we've not seen Dark Jedi in the new canon. But this could be the great way into it. And and I'm kind of jumping ahead here, but towards the end of the trailer, Balin clearly indicates that he knew who, who Anakin was, right? Anakin right. spoke highly of you. He references to Ahsoka. Um, mm-hmm. And Balin's of the age where he obviously was a Jedi before the Clone Wars, 
you know, my, my, obviously all we can do is, is make assumptions and guesses at this point, but he probably escaped order 66, maybe winds up into the unknown regions and just finds a young woman who's force sensitive and decides to take her on as a Padawan. Um, because she seems to be of the age where she was, if she was alive during the Clone Wars, she would have been like a young infant or child, right? Like, yeah, very unlikely she was a Jedi during the Clone Wars. Um, Right. Exactly. And if you look, uh, you know, once he has his cloak off in that shot where he's he's telling Ahsoka that Anakin spoke highly of you, uh, his outfit is reminiscent of Jedi with their armor from mm. the Clone Wars series. Ooh, good so catch. Yeah. with the, the shoulder pauldrons and the, the bracers on his ar- uh, forearms and everything like that, you know, it, it's very much, you know, in in the vein of of a Clone Wars Jedi. Uh, so it, it would be highly shocking if he wasn't someone who was off somewhere and just missed order 66 during the clone wars. Yeah. So, um, um but yeah. Yeah. I'm just, uh, I feel bad, Jason. Can you remember, I'm looking it up real quick. The name of the actor who plays Balin, um, um, Give me one second. I've got the Wikipedia up. Ray Stevenson. Right. Thank you. Ray Stevenson, which, of course, you know, quick sidebar, sadly passed away just about a couple months ago. Um, Sounds like pretty unexpectedly. Um, And and, and you saw an outpouring of love from the cast and and some of the creatives of Ahsoka. You know, what a lovely person he, he was. So, you know, regardless of whether or not he makes it out of season one of Ahsoka, if there's if there is, in fact, going to be a second season or more, um, you know, unfortunately, they'll probably have to do something about that character, either recast it or something. But just all to say, you know, what a what a sad tragedy to to, to kind of mark the start of this this show. You know what I mean? Um, it's, yeah. it's just too bad. Um, but, you know. It's it's it seems like he really stepped into this role um, and and is really given it to us, uh, you know, and, and I want to point out just specifically specifically Shin uh, watching her lightsaber technique. It's it's very aggressive. Um, yeah. You know, I mean, very dark sidey, but it also kind of reminds me of, I, I you know, I, I think I shared last week when we were recording, Jason, that I'm, I'm doing a Clone Wars rewatch right now and I I'm just about done with season one. Um, and watching Ahsoka, Ahsoka is definitely a little bit of an annoying character in season one, in my opinion. And I think that's intentional, right? She's a, she's a young character. She kind of gets annoying. Um, but there's an aggressiveness to Ahsoka that is, that is alarming. And I think part of that is it's showcasing what a young Jedi Padawan will look like starting their training in the midst of war, but also being the Padawan Mm -hmm. of Anakin Skywalker, (laughs) you know? Right. Um, But there's just something about Shin that just kind of reminds me of an early Ahsoka. There's, there's, there's this aggressiveness to her, um, you know, that almost as if she's trying to prove something about herself. So I I gotta say that the characters I am honestly most intrigued by are Balin and Shin. Like I just, I'm just really, really intrigued to know more about them. And what are, what are they after? Right? Like, what are they looking for? I mean, it, it, they make it clear Balin is looking for Thrawn. Um, so yes. my question to you, Jason, and we can talk about this for a second is why, why are they looking for Thrawn? Why is that? Why do you, th- and obviously this is all speculation, but why do you think that's so important to them? Uh, well, he, you know, what's, what's the line in the trailer? Uh, 
what happens when we find Thrawn. Mm. Uh, what does he say? Uh, power, power such yeah. as you've never dreamed. Mm-hmm. So he's uh, obviously uh, looking for something, or not, not obviously, but my my speculation is that he is looking for something uh, that will, in his uh, twisted or or uh, damaged mind, uh, return power to that he feels was lost or taken from him or, you know, the galaxy, whatever it is that he cares about, um, which it, it might be the Jedi order. I don't know. Um, and he's just going about it in a, in a twisted wounded way. Um, but he's looking for Thrawn. My suspicion, however, is that the empire is using what ever kind of drive or fanaticism uh, is that motivates Balin to their own ends to bring Thrawn back. Um, and, and they're Balin and Shin are working with the empire to bring Thrawn back. Uh, and obviously the empire need him back because they need someone who can sort of be a unifying force against the, the new Republic uh, in, in a last ditch attempt to, you know, to, to retake the galaxy um, in a sense is probably the, the idea, but it is very interesting to see what it is specifically that motivates Balin um, and, and by extension uh, Shin as well. But obviously they're working with the empire because they've got Morgan Elsbeth there uh, doing yeah. something. Yeah. Um, and it, it looks like this is some sort of ancient, uh, map that mm. they're activating, uh, which is really cool. It, for a second, uh, initially I saw it, I was, I was thinking it, it sort of reminded me of like the, the, um, I almost said War of the Worlds. That's not World what between I'm looking worlds? for. The, yes, the World Between <laughs> Worlds. Um, yeah, War of the Worlds, different uh, franchise altogether. Um, <laughs> but yeah, the World Between Worlds. Uh, and, but then I got a closer look at it and I was like, no, 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 this is a map. This is They're, they're looking for, for Thrawn. And mm-hmm. by extension, Ahsoka and her group will be looking for Ezra. Um, so that's part of what brings the villains, the new villains that we've got and our heroes all together um, is they're all sort of looking for the same place, yeah. different reasons, the same place. Yeah. So it is, it is a quest uh, in, in a very real sense of the word for both heroes and villains. Mm. Oh man. Yeah. I, I love that you use the language of quest, Jason, because that's also one of my favorite aspects of star Wars is when we get these kind of mythical quests. Um, and that, you saying it that way, like putting it in the, the context of like both our heroes and our villains are on, on a quest kind of looking mm-hmm. for the same space for very different reasons. Kind of reminds me of the second high Republic novel, um, uh, dark force rising. Uh, is that the second one? No, uh, that's, that's the second Thrawn novel. That um, is the second, but dark- I think it has a similar title. It's also like 
Uh, Dark Force oh, something. God, give, me, give me a second. Yeah, I'll give you a second to look. Right. Thank you. Um, but that that novel, one of the things that I loved so much about it was that uh, Markion Rowe, the the leader of the Nihil, is on a is kind of on a quest himself. You know, he's looking for the leveler. Uh, so that was something I really liked in that novel is that we get a villain who's kind of gets to go on a quest. Uh, so I like, I like that crossover you're giving us, Jason, that, you know, this, this story is also doing something similar where both the heroes and the villains are, are on this quest, um, uh, uh, looking for something similar. And I think one of my big questions though is, is how does Balin know who Thrawn is? Um, you know, because my assumption is they're looking for Thrawn because uh, you know they're they're clear. Uh, they clearly don't have any qualms slaughtering New Republic officers and soldiers, um, which makes me think that they are enemies of the New Republic. And the fact that they're seeking Thrawn, you know, something that has been established specifically in the Mandoverse, right? Since really since season one of Mandalorian is that, you know, holdouts of the empire, the Imperial remnant, all these folks constantly point out the chaotic state of the galaxy with the new Republic in charge, right? That, that they're not doing an adequate job of quelling the chaos of the galaxy, right? And that the empire was a far better fit. Uh, was it perhaps tyrannical? Absolutely. But in the eyes of some of former Imperials, it at least provided some remedy to the chaos. Um, did you find rising out? storm, rising Sorry. storm? Thank you. Um, all that, you know, so to me, like Balin and Shin in my, my speculation is they're seeking Thrawn because they, for whatever reason, know who Thrawn is, knew he was a military mastermind. And they want to bring in somebody to potentially quell the chaos that the New Republic is not dealing with, right? They want to overthrow it. Yeah. And that's, you know, this, the language throughout both, I mean, it's in the teaser and now in this trailer as well. Once again, we hear Ahsoka refer to Thrawn as the heir to the Empire, which you right. know, for anybody who grew up in the 90s, like myself, reading <laughs> these novels, like that is, that is just such a darn exciting thing to hear. Um, but what's also so great about... Balin's character, Jason, is, uh, you know, I just started a reread of the original Thrawn trilogy. I, I finished Heir to the Empire last week. I'm currently reading Dark Force Rising, which I haven't read in probably 25 years. Um, but what's such Ooh. a what's such a great part of that story is you have Thrawn working with a dark Jedi named Joris Sabath. Um, mm-hmm. And Balin even kind of looks like Joris Sabath, you know, yeah. an older yeah. an older dude with a white beard. Um, you know, so it's it's just really I, I always appreciate when new canon pays homage or finds ways of, of, of working in legends characters, right? I don't, I don't care if they give them, you know, new stories to move forward with. That's fine. It's just exciting to see them. So I don't think Balin is Joris Saboth, but it just reminds me of, you know, that similar Thrawn trilogy story of you have Thrawn, this, this military mastermind seeking to eradicate the new Republic um, so that the empire can, can, you know, take control once again. Um, and now you've got this dark Jedi working in league with him. Uh, so I'm, yeah. I'm so excited to see their dynamic, how they interact together between Balin and Thrawn. And, and, and I am just genuinely curious how Balin knows who he is. Uh, Cause again, if he was a Jedi right. who, who lived during the, uh, the clone wars and survived order 66, 
you know, Thrawn doesn't really show up on the scene until after the Empire has arisen. So I don't know how Balin just knows the stories about him. Um, or maybe, again, if Balin, you know, basically flees to the unknown regions, perhaps he bumps into some chiss or something or hears about Thrawn through word of mouth and all the great things he, he had done in the unknown regions. I don't know. And that's what I'm really hoping we kind of get some some uh, backstory on. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how how they know, uh, how Balin knows who Thrawn is, how Thrawn might know Balin, um, because it is kind of up in the air. And, it, you know, Balin is obviously, in a sense, filling the Jorah Sabath place. Not necessarily role, because it, it's very different. Uh, obviously the, the, the objectives and the story here are very different from the novel to what's going on in the show. Uh, they're, you know, similar overall, uh, themes in terms of, of motivations and goals from some characters, but the, the specifics and kind of where everything is headed, very different. So, uh, he's filling that sort of place in terms of story structure, but I'll be interested to see, uh, because in the the books, Thrawn was definitely using mm. uh, Joris. Oh yeah, um, like it, it blatantly, and it wasn't even you know nicely. He wasn't even trying to be <laughs> nice about it. Um, it. It'll be very interesting to see kind of the dynamic between Thrawn and Balin once they meet, if they meet. You know, uh, because we don't know how all of this is going to go down. Right. But Carl, we've talked so much about this trailer <laughs> and we haven't even gotten to the title character yet. <laughs> right. Well, um, <laughs> so, well, yeah, you know, I mean, the trailer for, for Ahsoka opens with her essentially trying to recruit a team because she's some she's aware that Thrawn is coming back um, and yes. Thrawn is a real threat. And, and I think it's later in the trailer we don't know who she's talking to because it's a voiceover off off camera. But she says, you know, if 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 Thrawn succeeds, everything we've done will have been in vain, which to me, I just I kind of read that as everything the rebellion accomplished. And Ahsoka was part of that. Sabine was part of that. Hera was part of that. Everything they worked mm-hmm. to accomplish as as the rebels, as the ghost crew, even, you know, will will come to nothing if Thrawn returns and 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 completes his, you know, his his task. Uh, so I think, you know, it, it just, I, I just keep can't help but keep going back to what you said earlier, Jason, that. You know, um, this this show really seems to start from the premise of you have a villain and hero quest, uh, you know, for the villains, get Thrawn, bring the Empire back, potentially. For Ahsoka, it's find Thrawn, stop that from happening, bring Ezra back. <laughs> you know, so it's right. It's it's uh, Ahsoka is in a way to me, the interpretation that I'm taking from this is she's recruiting a team of 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 her former friends, like close friends to to go into this battle with once more right um she's finding a purpose for herself i think that's and this is what i'm hoping we'll get and i think uh, i'm i'm this is where i'm trying to keep my expectations in check is i i think there's a lot of room for really good character work um i'm hesitant i'm 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 a little anxious that we'll get good character work because mandalorian season three had a lot of opportunity for good character work and it chose to be pretty surface level all throughout and that really disappointed me um, and, it, and this is not me throwing shade on anybody who loved that season, but I, I there was so much good 
good, you know, uh, fertile ground potential. for really, yeah, potential for looking at like, what does it mean for Bo to now be a children of the watch? Like all these great things about characters that they just did nothing with. So I'm trying to keep my expectations in check with what they might do with Ahsoka. Um, but all that to say, you know, uh, I feel like this show is really going to be about Ahsoka trying to figure out what is my role in this, right? Who am I? Mm-hmm. If, if I'm not a Jedi, but I am in fact a force user, what is my role here? What, how do I, how do I preserve the light as a Jedi adjacent type character? Right. You know, right. And it's, it's made even more complicated by the fact that she seems to be at least in part traveling with Hu Yang, who Mm. is the droid that helped all the Jedi younglings assemble their lightsabers after they did the gathering on Ilum, you know, uh, so she's she's traveling with someone who is a repository of mm. Jedi history and knowledge. Uh, and it's getting harder. And, and with how she is uh, walking in the, the galaxy now and operating in the galaxy now, it's getting harder and harder to keep saying that she's not a Jedi. Uh, you know, based on even just based on what we've seen of her in Mandalorian and book of Boba Fett, you know, how she's out there, you know, doing good and, and that sort of thing, you know, it's, it's very, it's very interesting. The line that she is walking and uh, I'm curious to see how, or if that question of who she is and what, you know what it means to be a Jedi or not be a Jedi comes up for her again, mm-hmm. uh, because the way that she's you know walking out there and the assistance she seems to be helping Luke in establishing his his order, uh, you know, seems to have her leaning back into the camp of a Jedi than not, you know. So it's going to be very interesting because you know we that that. That big line, you know, from, you know, from Ahsoka is "I'm no Jedi." That's kind of the 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 cry that that goes out a lot of times. But I don't know, is she? Well, yeah, and and I think that that raises the question of what does it mean to be a Jedi, right? Um, mm-hmm. You know, and this is where you can definitely bring in Ben Kenobi, you know, from a certain point of view. <laughs> you know, a lot of things yeah, can be exactly. But, you know, I think yeah, just just thinking to Return of the Jedi, when Yoda says to Luke, when, you know, when gone am I the last of the Jedi you will be, seems to be something that Dave Filoni and other Disney execs seem to just ignore that line. <laughs> um, with, you know, now we've got Cal Kestis, we've got Kanan and Ezra, we've got Ahsoka, you know, mm-hmm. there's a million and one Jedi running around. I shouldn't say million. I mean, uh, you know, Balin, you yeah. know. Uh, the path <laughs> that we learn in the Kenobi series that Quinlan Voss is still around, you know, I'm just, I'm being, I'm just being different difficult here. I, I, I think, you know, I think what, what Yoda saying that could still be true insofar as what he's saying to Luke is for Yoda, the Jedi are this organized group, right? It's this, this orthodox society um, that Luke will be the continue forebear of, right? Ahsoka isn't going to do that. Kanan isn't going to do that. Well, Kanan can't, he's gone. <laughs> um, right. Right. Uh, Although quick, maybe, quick sidebar, Jason, 
I will lose my freaking mind if we get some sort of flashback scene with Freddie Prince Jr. as Kanan. Um, oh my god! I I don't I don't want to ex- I don't want to expect it and then be disappointed because that's silly. It's this is clearly just I am I am a huge Kanan fan. I would right. Be, and I would be shocked if he's not mentioned. But then again, the Kenobi series went eight episodes without once mentioning Padme by name. And that's sinful in my book still. But um, uh, all that to say, you know, I, I I don't expect it, but my God, would I love it. <laughs> um, I mean, you know, may, maybe we'll get Hera with a little hollow of him, you know? Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, obviously he's in the painting. Yeah, so of course. Yes. He is in the painting, but maybe, maybe we'll get a, a hologram of right. him. Well, um, I, yeah, I, I, I would suspect that he'll at least be mentioned by name at some point. Um, I think so. Whether or not we see him, I'm, I think is pretty up for debate, but I'm just saying I, I, sh- I sure would love that because <laughs> I just, I love that character so much. And Freddie Prince jr. Is that character. Um, yeah, uh, it would, it would be amazing uh, if that happened, you know, although Carl, that'd be Carl like- <laughs> and I are both of our favorite character from rebels is Kanan. So, yeah. Yeah, uh, that there's no ifs ands or buts about that. We both of us would be losing our minds over here if if we got that in any way, shape, or form. Not expecting it, not expecting Absolutely. it, but uh, yeah, uh, it it would be amazing if it happened. Yeah. Um. But anyway, I'm sorry. I know I I sidetracked us there a bit. Um. But you were you were saying um. Darn it! What were you saying? I'm so sorry. I don't remember. Okay, well we'll just move on. Oh. We'll move on. <laughs> sorry, um, I'm sorry, buddy. Yeah, no. Uh, <laughs> I think we were talking about Ahsoka being a Jedi, right? Uh, yes, yes, not. yes, yes. And and yeah. So and, yeah, and I was saying that in Return of the Jedi, what Yoda could have been saying is, it's you know Luke's task to kind of continue on the Jedi Order, capital J, capital O. But could could folks like Cal Kestis, uh, you know, uh, Ahsoka and. Balin, whoever he may be, right? Can they still exist as Jedi between the lines, if you will? I mean, yes, I, I think they can. And also, I think for Yoda, Luke's role as a Jedi in becoming a Jedi is uh, much more important because of who he is and what his task is as a Jedi. Um, Luke is the the only one according to Yoda, who can bring the Jedi back into the galaxy in any sort of meaningful way. Um, You know, that, you know, there could be other Jedi out there, but Ahsoka has no interest in reforming the Jedi Order. Right. Cal Kestis does to some extent, but we don't know what, where his story is going to end because that game is supposed to supposedly supposed to be a trilogy. Um, and we've only gotten two of them now. So uh, we don't know where his story ends. Uh, and just based on how they're they're ramping up the story, it wouldn't surprise me if he's going to have to try and take on Vader in the third game, which does not bode well for him, in my opinion, but that's my own speculation. Um, <laughs> uh, but... Uh, you know, th- there's there's a lot out there, uh, and many of the Jedi that are out there are just trying to survive. Mm-hmm. Luke has a mission, mm-hmm. you know, and I think I think in sort of a retcon, retrospective, you know, revisionist history kind of way, 
you can say Yoda is talking about that is that Luke is the is the only one who has the abilities uh, and the drive to bring the Jedi back, um, and thus ensuring the survival of the Jedi Order um, mm. as an order. You know the the rest can be out there, but once they're gone, even if they passed on their teachings, it will just eventually fizzle out. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, you know, to, to kind of like bring that back then, I think, I think to me, what I am most intrigued with is, is just where does Ahsoka go? Right? Like what is, how is she going to understand herself by the end of the season and, and her role within the galaxy and, and potentially even in the new Republic? Um, you know, uh, I, I'm excited to see Hera, uh, you know, uh, that, gosh, I'm going to, Elizabeth Weinstead is the actor that plays Hera, but she she is uh, Ewan McGregor's wife in real life, which I just think is great. Um, and uh, I again, I'm not trying to be a butthead, but I just I just can't get over how bad she looks as Hera. Like it yeah. just doesn't. I, I know it's Hera because it's a a green twilight with Leku, but like it just doesn't. I don't know why. I just I think that's to me that's the worst of the the animation to live action translations looks wise. Uh, that's just my opinion. Uh, Mary Elizabeth Winstead. Thank you. Uh, but something that grabbed me particularly in this trailer about where Hera's at is, you know, Hera has clearly been a general in the rebellion, right? She, she was mm-hmm. personally responsible for helping to overthrow the empire. Um, and where this story lands, now I, I know they, as far as I know, Jason, I don't know if we know exactly where in the canon timeline this falls. My guess is it's after the events of at least season two of Mandalorian. Um, yes. So this is at least five to six years after Return of the Jedi. The Aftermath trilogy, that that series of books by Chuck Wendig, right, that it kind of ends the Empire for all intents and purposes at the Battle of Jakku. Um, and then we learn by the end of that trilogy that, you know, the remnant escapes to the unknown regions and that's where the first order starts to be created. Um, but I think I don't think Thrawn will be in any way involved with the first order. I think Thrawn's return no. is what some folks are hoping for to bring the Empire back. Capital E, right? right. Like they're not part of this remnant that's going to start creating a first order. Um, right. So that, to that end, like I feel like Hera, you know, she's probably just somebody in the New Republic. And something we learn in the Aftermath trilogy is that Mon Mothma, um, even even before the events of the Battle of Jakku, is already calling for kind of a, a demilitarization of this New Republic, right? She really wants to make it clear that it's a, it's a pacifist movement, right? They really want to encourage peace in the galaxy. They don't want to rule right. with a military force like the Empire. So I found that scene really, really telling when Hera is addressing what looks to be a group of New Republic leaders, right? Because Mon Mothma's at the center of it. Uh, mm-hmm. Absolutely wonderful to see. Um, oh, my gosh. Uh, O'Reilly, I think, is her last name. Gosh, I really don't Genevieve know. Genevieve O'Reilly. Thank you. I really don't know actor names. Uh, but, of course, right, she's just she's done a phena- phenomenal job with Mon Mothma in the Andor series. Uh, really cool to see her back. Uh, I would suspect she's probably not a huge character in this series, which I think would make sense. But what I like is Hera... Hera's really kind of throwing it in Mon Mothma's face. Like, you know, we're not in the clear yet. And maybe your actions aren't for the best right now, right? Like, we, there are threats still out there. And we're not going to be ready for them 
if we don't learn how to act. Um, and that mm-hmm. reminds me a lot of like that's what's very true in the the novel Bloodline by Claudia Gray, which is even further into the future. You know, you have Leia very aware that there is an impending threat out there and she wants to get the New Republic to to recognize it. But they're just choosing to ignore ignore the potential of the First Order. So I, I like that Harris kind of throwing it in their faces that, listen, we can't just rest on our laurels, right? Like there is there is still a threat out there. Um, and also, right. when she's addressing that New Republic, uh, the the leadership, you know who's standing right next to Mon Mothma, Jason? Who? Kaz. I can never say his last name from Resistance, but it's his dad. <laughs> um, oh, Z- uh, Kazuda Ziono. Yeah, Kazuda Ziono's father, who is uh, a senator from Hosnian Prime. He's standing right next to Mon Mothma. Um, oh. Yeah, so that's pretty cool. That's... Um, I'm looking at the cast list. Uh, Hamoto Ziono. Yeah. So I, I, gosh, I, Star Wars Resistance is such a fun show. I loved that show so much. Um, Jason, <laughs> I'm going to, I'm going to make people really angry for a second. I think it's better than Andor. Boom. I just said it. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> I know people are going to unsubscribe. I'm sorry, everybody. It's just my personal opinion. I think it's way more fun. Um, but, uh, anyway, I mean, uh, let, let's be honest. Andor, Andor is a good show. It's not a fun show. Not meant to um, be. Good point. Yeah. It's yeah, not yeah. meant to be fun. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, uh, but anyway, no, it's just it's just really cool to see his character in there. I mean, again, I doubt he will have much of a role in the show, but just again, you know, if they're going to start sprinkling all these things throughout the canon, it, it's it's always fun to see them bring things together like that. Yeah, it's um, nice to see them connect the dots. And and you're right with Hera, you know, addressing the uh, the New Republic leadership. There, it is, you know. There's always this sort of constant, you know, back and forth between those who, uh, you know, want to to be idealistic and try to, you know, move forward and with with peaceful intentions and uh, and all that, and those who be like, yeah, sure, but there's still danger that we need to address, and it's always, you know, especially with the new republic moving forward as they you know the empire is sort of on the retreat uh in many cases at this point in in the timeline uh we can uh, infer it's a it's an interesting balance that they're having to walk and uh, my guess is especially since you know we had you know people like dr pershing going through mm. a whole program to reintegrate uh back into the into society uh, you know that that's probably you know that sort of idealism and uh drive is probably at the forefront of the new republic at this time uh and and obviously <laughs> we and the the main characters of this show know that it's probably they're probably looking in the wrong direction uh because thrawn is coming back or is possibly coming back and that's dangerous Mm -hmm. for everyone um and it'll be interesting to see kind of how things go my guess is uh you know mon mothma and the republic new republic senators will be sympathetic but you know uh we we can't really commit to this because we've already made these other gestures and stuff like that and so our heroes are going to have to go off to try and find evidence or, 
you know, stop things on their own until the danger gets so big that the New Republic has to actually act. Yeah. You know, that's likely how this is all going to go down. Um, and right. part of why Ahsoka is gathering a little team yeah. together. Yeah. And yeah. And I, and I love that because it's, you know, I, Star Wars storytelling is oftentimes a kind of a, a microcosm story set against the background background of a macrocosm story, right? I mean, that's, that's attack of the mm-hmm. clone. That's one of the things I love most about that movie is the story yeah. of Anakin and, you know, what's going on with him personally is going to become this mirror of what's going on with the galaxy at large. Um, also true in empire strikes back. Um, you know, yep. and, uh, I, I love the way you put that. It's, you know, ah- Ahsoka is going to assemble this team of people she's worked with before that she trusts and believes in to to hunt down Thrawn, to, to, to neutralize this threat because the macro, the New Republic, is ignoring it or isn't adequately paying attention. Um, so I'm really excited for, for how that's going to shake out. And, and then, of course, you know, um, we've got to mention the fact that they then go to recruit Sabine, um, yeah. who's... Clearly seems to be living on Lethal now. I, I love seeing Lethal in live action um, and looking so beautiful like it did at the end of Rebels. Um, it looks like she's living in Ezra's tower. Yeah, which is awesome. Uh, and uh, I think the thing that is probably raised a lot of eyebrows for everybody who's watched this trailer is what Sabine seems to indicate with Ahsoka. Is that Ahsoka trained her? Um I don't think Sabine is force sensitive. And that's something that even later in the trailer, Shin says that when she and uh, uh, Sabine are clearly dueling, she says there's no power in you. Right. So clearly Sabine is not a Jedi. She doesn't have the force, but, but I actually, Jason, honestly, I think it's really cool to think that Ahsoka was just training Sabine to be a better warrior or something. Right. Like I love this idea of a force sensitive person training a non force sensitive person in something right. Like that, it's a whole new master apprentice dynamic that I think would be really fun to explore. Um, and thinking about the fact that like rebels ends essentially seven years before the events of Ahsoka. So who knows what, you know, the end of rebels seems to indicate that Sabine and Ahsoka team up to go look for Ezra. And at some point Ahsoka walks away from her. Why? I don't know. I mean, I'm I'm sure that's something we're going to have to deal with as well. Is there clearly seems to be yeah. a ruptured relationship between Ahsoka and Sabine. Um, yeah. But w- what did you think of that, Jason, when it's kind of indicated, you know, she calls Ahsoka master, right? Like, w- yeah. What did you think? That was the big question. I was like, I'm sorry, what? Come again? <laughs> uh, did I read know. the subtitles right? <laughs> right. Exactly. Exactly. I was like, wait, master. Uh, you know, it. it I think what we're seeing is sort of the continuation of training that Kanan started with Sabine, you know, when she was wielding the dark saber, um, obviously Sabine seems to have Ezra's lightsaber. And if she's going to have that, uh, you know, Ahsoka probably wanted to make sure she wasn't going to, you know, accidentally kill herself with it. Um, Mm -hmm. So training with the lightsaber uh, and then, of course, the, the two of them traveling together, you know, Ahsoka has, you know, a lot of wisdom and stuff like that that she probably decided to pass on as well. And so, you know, maybe it's sort of and the way Sabine says it, it's almost kind of like sarcastic, like 
kind of it, it's definitely a bit of a jibe you know mm. she's she's not happy and so she's kind of using it to like poke at ahsoka and it'll be interesting to kind of figure out what that history is um it, and it could just be one of those things where ahsoka has stepped back into the role of sort of jedi general and she's giving orders and sabine's like of course master like you know uh, i'm just gonna you know you know, fall in line and be a good little, good little apprentice for you again, or something like that. You know, there's, there's definitely different options and different ways that this could go. Uh, I'm very curious to see what that is. And I think that's kind of the the biggest question I was left after this, this trailer is like, what, what is that? Um, It would be really weird if they, if they kind of rewrote things to give Sabine some force sensitivity. I don't, think i'd like that um but uh i don't think that will necessarily be the case uh, i i think it's definitely more of a uh just a, a commentary on their relationship or whatever is happening in the scene because you know in that scene in particular it, it doesn't look like the two of them are necessarily you know uh, talking about exciting things over you know lattes or something <laughs> uh, it, it's it's not it's not girl talk over lattes it's definitely some serious stuff and some old hurts have been brought up and the two of them have to figure out how to get over that and uh i i think it definitely feels now that i've watched the trailer more it definitely feels like it's more of a of a jibe uh, more of something to kind of dig at Ahsoka and kind of like poke at her and 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 make her see something that as that uh, Sabine is trying to make a point of. So mm, yeah, yeah, um, and you know, thinking about the fact that I actually rewatched the episode from season two of Mandalorian tonight, the Jedi, just to have that story fresh as we're getting ready to talk about this, um, and. You know, clearly in that episode, Ahsoka refuses to train Grogu because she she recognizes how strong the force is in, is in him and he has a strong attachment to, to Din, um, mm-hmm. right? So she's hesitant. But what would be interesting is she isn't hesitant to take on an apprentice in Sabine because Sabine isn't force sensitive, right? Maybe she sees it as less of a threat. Uh, you know, not to say that Sabine isn't you know, capable of being a powerful warrior just because she doesn't have the force. Of course she can, but it's a different level of, you know, if things go wrong, it's not like she falls to the dark side and becomes the next Darth Vader, right? You know, it's clear that Ahsoka is reflecting to Din without saying any of it overtly. You know, I've seen what can happen to the best of us, you know, referring mm-hmm. clearly to Anakin. Um, right. So I think it'd be interesting that she takes Sabine on and, and kind of that sort of role, which I think would be really neat to see what that looked like and and most importantly why she walked away right because ahsoka clearly indicates you know she puts that in the same sentence i walked away from the jedi just like i walked away from sabine you know which to me is like okay well she walked away from the jedi because they they did her wrong and she no longer believed in them right she saw the hypocrisy and and the the kind of the toxicity of their order so to say I walked away from them and just like I walked away from Sabine would indicate that something was going on with her relationship with Sabine that made her feel compelled to step away. 
Well, here's the thing. You said that one of the reasons why she didn't train Grogu is his attachment to Din. It is very obvious mm. uh, in this trailer, Sabine is still very attached to Ezra. Yes. Uh, yes. So <laughs> that's probably part of the issue is is Sabine is still obsessed. Not necessarily, you know, she's obsessed with, with living up to the promise of finding him. Uh, you know, that she misses him. He's part of her family that she... Uh, you know, became a part of. Uh, I, I don't necessarily think it's anything romantic um, because they definitely were very much kind of brother sister uh, relationship there. But it has become an obsession. Mm. The fact that she can't find him, yeah. uh, and the fact that he's still out there somewhere, and now that Thrawn is coming back potentially, that's going to bring up all sorts of complicated and raw feelings for yeah. her uh if she, even if especially if she's just gotten to the point where she's starting to accept the idea that maybe she won't ever see him again mm -hmm. and then ahsoka comes back yeah uh, with this request what if and what if thrawn shows up at some point and indicates that he killed ezra or had ezra killed um i mean i I've notoriously said this over the years. Like I love rebels, but the one thing I don't love about rebels is Ezra. I just, I just don't like that character. Um, so if he's not part of Ahsoka, I'm very okay with that. I mean, if he's there, fine. I mean, it, I thought that was, I thought it was really cool to see him in live action through that hollow recording that Sabine is watching, but I really like what you're saying there, Jason, right? It's, um, Ahsoka has learned to like move like she she spent a lot of time away from the Jedi and she learned to move on. She's learning her place in the galaxy, mm -hmm. divorced from this thing that wasn't good for her. And it's not that Ezra was bad for Sabine, but perhaps they spent time searching for him. And then Ahsoka's like, listen, either he's he's not alive anymore and or we're just not going to find him. We need to learn to move on. And Sabine can't. Mm -hmm. And that's what causes that separation. Um, I think right. that would be really, really intriguing to explore. Um, especially if, and again, I kind of doubt this will be the case, but especially if though Thrawn does show up and indicates that Ezra's dead because of him, right? I imagine what that will then do to Sabine. Um, yeah. So yeah, I'm super, super, super curious about that relationship between the two of them. Okay. Um, uh, the, yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to put it out here now. Um, I said this in the panel, uh, that I did at, uh, Star or uh, Phoenix Fan Fusion um, a couple months ago or just over a month ago, um, and I I have a theory about Ezra and this show. I have nothing to back this up, but it is my theory. Uh, so I could be completely off base here. This is this is my sleeper theory for the show. The Inquisitor that we see Ahsoka dueling is in fact Ezra. Ooh. That's my theory. Ooh. Is that Ezra uh Ezra and Thrawn go off, something happens, Thrawn is calculating and intelligent enough to find a way to get the upper hand, breaks Ezra, and Ezra mm. turns and becomes an inquisitor. That's a theory. I don't know if it's I'm not sure how much stock I place in it, but that's my sleeper theory for this show is that the Inquisitor 
that Ahsoka duels that we've seen in both this trailer and the previous one is Ezra. Wow. That'd be wild. That'd be absolutely yeah. wild. Um, dang. Yeah. We'll find because, out. Because, uh, uh, see, not only does it, you know, make an interesting dynamic because then you have to figure out, okay, well, what happened? Why is, why is he like that? And, and all that stuff. But then you also set up the potential for a redemption story. Mm, sure. Where Sabine could come into play again. Uh, because Ahsoka is not going to be the one to redeem him if right. he is redeemed, if that is him. Yeah. So, uh, you know, there's, there's that. You know, that's part of all this swirl in my brain, this theory that's going on. I will not be surprised if my theory is completely wrong. I'm just going to put that out there. Um, but if I have called this like months in advance, I will, I will always trumpet, toot my own horn about this. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so if I'm right, yeah, if I'm right, I will take that to the grave. So. Yeah. <laughs> Sure. Yeah, I never thought of that, but I'd be I mean, I, it would certainly be a really interesting character aspect um, yeah. uh, to the to the story for sure. Um, I'm not sure if it works because obviously we don't know everything that's going on in the story and everything like that. But based on the little that we do have from these trailers, I, 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 the theory is still alive. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, I want to make sure I don't forget to bring this up, but the shot where Sabine is riding her speeder down the street on Lethal, right? Like, well, like an open highway mm. and there's a ship yes. flying next to her. That ship, Jason, is an E-wing, which is from the Legends canon. They, these were fighters developed for the New Repel- Republic in the Legends canon. So it was awesome to see an E-wing in live action. I flew one of those what? in the Rogue Squadron game. Oh, right. Uh, <sighs> back from the, the yeah. late 90s. Uh, yes. <laughs> Love it. Um, that's, uh, oh man, I, I was very excited to see that. And I think it's Ahsoka's. Yeah. That's my guess too. Is like, it's, it, uh, and I don't think it's, I feel like Ahsoka probably borrowed it, right? She goes, meets up with right. Hera cause Hera's saying there's somebody who could help us with this. Um, right. And, and I, and I mm-hmm. think Hera's saying that going back to something you said a little bit ago, Jason, which again, I think is spot on is this is, this is building a team for a quest, right? Ahsoka's yeah. aware of Thrawn. She goes to Hera because Hera's still attached to the New Republic military and basically saying, like, we got to do something. Hera appeals to the higher-ups who choose to do nothing. So Hera's like, listen, let's build a team. You know who we need. Um, and, and that's where Sabine comes into the picture. Right. Um, you know, uh, one, one final thing I want to bring up and then, you know, whatever else you feel like we may have missed it, just something little, but I do like the fact that we're going to see lightsaber dueling, right? Like I, I, I yeah. love watching good lightsaber fights. Um, clearly Ahsoka battles Balin. She's going to also battle this inquisitor. She fights, you know, these, these assassin droids that have melee weapons as well. So I'm just, I'm looking forward to some cool, like melee action. Um, I think it's going to yes. be really, really fun. Absolutely. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm very excited to see lightsabers uh, again. Uh, the, the dueling is, is definitely going to be, oh, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. That's part of why I liked Morgan Elsbeth, I think, from mm. uh, season two of Mando, uh, because she, she had a duel with Ahsoka. And it's, you know, as much as I've really been loving Mandalorian, even the, the duels that they're having with the, the darksaber, it's, it's not quite the same. 
Sure. It's not quite the same as as Jedi lightsaber duels. And I mean, let's be honest, that's what I'm here for. Yeah. <laughs> so in, yeah. in large measure. Um, so yes, I'm very excited about that. Uh, it was cool to see a quick glimpse of the Pergil. Um, you know, that's just mm-hmm. a nice little touch. Uh, however, the one last thing I want to bring up from this trailer is the music. Um, oh. I really enjoy the music. Uh, and if the uh, if the music is similar uh, to the trailer in the actual show, I will be very happy. Um, it gives me vibes of the season two uh, Rebels episode um, where they find Lasan and mm. they have to go through the um, uh, the star cluster or whatever it is. I forget what it's called. Uh, and and they have that that cello piece that I absolutely adore. Uh, it's it, so it, good. There's there's elements of that in the the music that they've got in the trailer here, and I'm very excited about it. And Kevin Kiner is doing the music for the show. Yep. So uh, it would it would be very interesting if he did that deliberately. If this is if this music is indeed in the show. So. Yeah. Yeah, um, I actually, right as you were saying, I was looking it up real quick because I couldn't remember <laughs> um, who who's going to be the uh, composer for this. But yeah, I'm really excited that it's Kevin Kiner. Uh, yeah, he's he's. I mean, he's he's been with Star Wars for over a decade now, right? So yeah, since Clone Wars. Yeah, so really excited for that. Um, but yeah, I I think I think. I, we've hit on everything pretty big here, Jason. I think so too. Yeah, the, the sh- this tr- I'm actually more excited about the show after our discussion, Carl, than I yeah. was at the beginning of the discussion. <laughs> Same here. <laughs> <laughs> Same here. Uh, uh, and hopefully you are too, if you're listening. Yes. Uh, hopefully we didn't go on too much uh, about some of this, but we were very, very excited and decided we're going to call an audible and, and talk about this because it was definitely uh, a bright spot that dropped into our laps this morning. So um, I'm very excited to see what happens on August 23rd when this show kicks off. Uh, A little disappointed that it's still Wednesday releases, but whatever, I'll get used to it. Yeah, and it's a two-episode premiere too, which is exciting. Yes. Yeah. Cool. Well, uh, Carl, if people want to weigh in on any of our thoughts and conversation about the trailer, or if they want to give us any of their theories, uh, where can people get in contact with us? Yeah, um, we are on Instagram at the Wampas Lair. You can also follow us on Twitter at Wampas Lair, or you can email us at wampaslairpodcast at gmail.com. Excellent. And any final thoughts before we close this out? No. Excellent. Well, thank you everyone so much for listening to this episode of the Wampus Lair Podcast. This has been episode number 519, Ahsoka Trailer. For Carl, I'm Jason, and we'll see you next time here in the Wampus Lair. <laughs>